you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The 2018 NFL Draft is now officially Will it be Baker Mayfield? Everybody talks about all those quarterbacks the Browns have missed on. Well, there's an equally long list of guys they've passed on. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Wow. I'll take the best player available. And so for me, the best player available would be either Saquon Barkley or Bradley Chubb. The New York Giants select Saquon Barkley. Running back. The AFC East, a lot of these teams are in the quarterback market this draft. Which team gets it right tonight? The New York Jets select Sam Darnold, quarterback, USC. You have to take Bradley Chubb. I think this has to be a no-brainer. The Denver Broncos select Bradley Chubb, defensive end, NC State. I love Roquan Smith, but they've been trying to fix this offensive for forever. The Indianapolis Colts select Quentin Nelson, guard, Notre Dame. Baltimore has uh, traded Maybe it's Lamar. To number 32. I told you, all the, you connect all the dots. It yeah. makes sense. And if this is Lamar Jackson, I think Joe Flacco just threw his phone across the room. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson. Quarterback, Louisville. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. <laughs> just... He just threw his phone across the room. I love that. That's a great line there from Bucky. Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky here. Our post-draft show. Buck, that's a great line. Nicely done. <laughs> Man, what a fun three days, the draft. I'm glad that it's, it's come and gone because I was tired of talking about all the run-up to it, speculating, mock drafts and the like. Now I'm excited to just analyze where people have landed and then just kind of, I guess, Talk to those guys. Talk to the teams. The guys that have shut us off for the last two months. They don't take our calls, won't reply to our texts. I'm, I'm hoping that the lines of communication are open back up and we can kind of talk. 
talk ball. Yeah, get back in touch with a couple of our buddies here after the they've gone dark on us. Uh, going to go through the first round here. Uh, some highlights there, what we thought. Going to go through our favorite picks. Well, we'll each take a crack at that and maybe a couple head-scratching picks as well. But let's start right up there at the top. This this kind of came late in the process. The information came out about Baker Mayfield you know, being the guy there at number one. There was some conflicting information, but the overwhelming information was leaning towards Baker down the stretch. I did that last mock draft buck the night before, and I I have a lot of relationships with different you know information guys as well as teams, and <laughs> everything came back Baker Mayfield. And so I had I had said I'm going to resist this as long as I can because I thought Sam Donald should be the pick, but it was so overwhelming it was going to be Baker Baker Mayfield, and that's what they ended up doing. I thought if nothing else, I'll give John Dorsey this. He's got courage because I thought that took some courage. Stick to your convictions to take Baker Mayfield number one. Onions. Yeah. He has big onions because it does, It did take a lot of courage to make that pick because, I don't know, I mean, I think it was it was tough at the top um, to make a decision. You were under pressure to take a quarterback at number one. And so um, the thing that I wonder, I wonder if there was another player that they wanted, like what now that they played out, they didn't want Bradley Chubb. Yeah. But – if they wanted to flip and take maybe a Saquon Barkley at one and come back with Baker Mayfield has still been available at number four, or in their mind on their board, Baker Mayfield was the best player in the draft. Um, I'm curious. That's what I would I would love for someone inside the building to tell me, hey, no, nah, we felt like he was the best player on the board. That's why we took him. I think that uh, when the season ended, and this is just me reading into this year, I really feel like Sam Darnold was, was the guy. And I think coming through the postseason part of it, I think it wasn't Baker Mayfield's uh, play that made him the number one overall pick. I think it was his presence. I, I think he kind of won them over. Get in the building. They use that phrase, you can feel somebody. You know, that's one thing about Baker. And we, we did our Baker 360, and you talk to people around him. You kind of feel his energy and his presence a little bit more than, than the rest of these quarterbacks. So I think that ended up benefiting them. A team that's won one game over the last two years, they wanted that energy and that presence, and they coveted that. And I think that helped elevate him. Uh, for them and then put him right there at the very top. Let's go all the way back to the Senior Bowl because we sat there for a week and we watched it. We watched him in the same room, in the same huddle, on the same field with Josh Allen yeah. and some of the other top quarterbacks. And it was apparent, the more bodies you put on the field, the more he kind of stepped to the front of the line. Just in the energy that he gave off, the way that he kind of commanded the huddle, commanded the team. Uh, we can say a lot of things about Baker Mayfield and whether we believe that he can be successful or not. One thing that you can't doubt Whenever he is on the field, his presence is definitely known. And so when so much of this process is the get-to-know-you part from January to the end of April, his personality, his chip on the shoulder, his swag, all of those things could sway you to believe that he is more ready to handle all the expectations that come with being number one, especially when Sam Donald is more of a blue-collar guy who doesn't want to talk. more reserved. He doesn't want to talk about it. He just wants to go about his business, and maybe they just felt like, "Mm, I need to feel more of that passion and energy as opposed to a guy that's just going to come and punch the clock. And to be honest with you, bringing passion and energy when you're a terrible football team that's won one game in two years does have more value. I mean, I guess. But I I still still, would have gone Sam Donald at one. I would have come back and got Bradley Chubb at four. That would have been – uh, where I would have gone there. I did like Denzel Ward. Adam is the fourth best player in the draft. They took him fourth overall. So I didn't think they reached it all for Denzel Ward. No. I just thought they had an opportunity there to get Chubb. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it goes back to a philosophical difference. Um, 
most of the time you build your team from front to back, mm-hmm. meaning the D-line, linebackers, then the defense secondary. I think in this situation, what they could have had, they could have had Bradley Chubb and Miles Garrett um, watching the Philadelphia Eagles kind of pummel opponents with a deep pass rush. You kind of get enticed that, man, they have bookends, top five players on each end, both guys that could dominate in their own right. That would be that would have been intriguing. However, in talking to some Cleveland folks uh, a couple months before, I knew Denzel Ward was in yeah. the mix. I knew he was on their radar. I knew they talked about him and thought that he could be a lockdown corner, a, a younger, more explosive version of Joe Hayden. I just didn't know that they would pull the trigger if both of those guys, Ward and Chubb, were on the board. Yeah. I didn't expect them to go with Ward over Chubb at that point. Yeah, I'm with you, but uh, I, you know, you go back to the information you get at the beginning is usually the most accurate information. Yep. A quarterback and cornerback are their two glaring needs, and they still had that need. I think the need at corner was greater than the need on that defensive front, even though you have a little bit higher grade on the edge rusher. They really went with need there to get the corner and Denzel Ward. Saquon Barkley goes at two to the Giants. I know I want to talk about the Giants here just real quick because I thought they hit it out of the park. And I, I still can make a strong case they should have taken a quarterback because you can have that position taken care of for another 14-plus years that you've had with Eli Manning. You can do the same thing with Sam Darnold. But for the short term, with the way this football team is operating, when you look at getting Nate Solder in free agency, you get Will Hernandez in the second round. Now you have really, really fortified your offensive line. And then you draft Saquon Barkley, not only run the ball, but be able to help you out of the backfield when you're terrible on third down. B.J. Hill, Lorenzo Carter, two explosive front seven guys. Uh, and then they found a quarterback that's got some interesting traits there in Kyle Alletta, who's a, you know, a lot of people like in the fourth round, and R.J. McIntosh there, another D lineman in the fifth. All the Giants were outstanding with what they accomplished. I thought they were outstanding. I think the thing that you have to take in, you have to take their whole draft in at once. When you just get the Saquon Barkley trade after night one, you're like, man, should they have gone another direction today? How are they going to address it? But we've talked about it. We've talked about uh, – we played an exercise here. Ideal yeah, perfect pairs, pairs. Yeah. perfect pairings. Man, Will Hernandez, we both thought he would be long gone in the first round. So to be able to get a running back, a guard, they have two additional pieces that they added on the offensive line in the offseason. This is a completely revamped offense. And I know people have kind of been kicking the Giants saying that they're a horrible team, and they were bad last year. But remember, two years ago they were in the playoffs. And a lot of that, Odell Beckham didn't play much last year. So you put Odell back on the field with Saquon Barkley, a more formidable offensive line, and now you're asking Eli Manning just to basically be a point guard. I think they are a better team. We'll see if they can compete. They still have to deal with a pass rush in Philly, but I think some of those other teams will come back. The Cowboys, you wonder what they're going to be. So maybe the Giants have positioned themselves heading into the season to maybe be the second best team in the NFC East. Uh, we don't have time to go through the entire first round, so I'll kind of go through some of these, Buck, and just kind of grab one, what mm-hmm. grabs onto you here. Sam Donald there at three to the Jets. Ward, we talked about. Bradley Chubb. Uh, I think the Broncos, there was definitely a chance they were getting out of there. In fact, they might even had a deal in place to get out of there, but when Bradley Chubb fell in their lap, that deal was off. Got to take it because, uh, you know, what I loved about what the Broncos did, I believe the Broncos are getting back to the formula that made them very successful. Bradley Chubb going opposite Von Miller. You still have Shane Ray there, so they have three first-round pass rushers on their squad. They won the Super Bowl because they could rush and cover. But then I think the interesting thing is to look at Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, there's some concern They're about— They're on the wrong side of 30, first of all. Wrong side of 30, and there's some concern about the, the, the heftiness of their contracts. Well, what they do, they go and get— 
twins to put right beside him. Cortland Sutton is the big guy. Put him in the same position as Demarius Thomas. Deshaun Hamilton is the, the route runner. runner. Put him right behind Emmanuel Sanders. So for a year, those guys can groom, they can be groomed right behind him and then eventually replace them. So I love that part of it. And I believe we're going to talk about this later on, Pat. Royce Freeman. You're all in on Royce Freeman, yeah. I think Royce Freeman could be the guy. We're talking about in the third round. A Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, someone that shows up and has a lot of production, I think Royce Freeman could be that guy. I like that. I like what they did a lot. We go back into this first round here. Um, I kind of get to the bottom of the uh, top ten. Well, you, you see Quentin Nelson, not a surprise there going to Indianapolis. They had to address the offensive line. thought they did a good job there. Josh Allen to Buffalo, something we had talked about forever. Yes. Roquan Smith. I thought they had some interesting options there. The Bears end up going Roquan Smith. I thought you had Roquan, you had Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm. Uh, even McGlinchey had been mentioned a little bit with them, which I, I do think when you look at this draft – Mike McGlinchey got overdrafted for what he, the way he played. Absolutely. But there just weren't tackles. And you're looking at somebody that has ideal size. He's a good athlete. He's got impeccable character, smarts, and toughness. So all that stuff together, I think, pushed him all the way up the board. Um, but when you watch him, especially against the University of Miami, when you watch him uh, against Georgia, he struggled. And you look at what he's going to see uh, in that division, he's going to see some big-time edge rushers. So uh, that, to me, was a little bit of a reach. But I understood it. You heard. I heard Trent Brown had showed up just ridiculously out of shape, and that's why he was. I mean, that that quickly that quickly yeah. forced your hand. Uh, two things because you talked about the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. I think the Buffalo Bills had what I call a meat and potatoes draft. Mm-hmm. Trayman Evans to be able to get him at yeah. 15, 16, wherever they got him, that was solid. Harrison Phillips in the third round. You had talked about him being Kyle Williams all day. Yeah, he goes Man, to the perfect team. fit. Play goes, with him goes right there. And so I've said that I believe that Buffalo has a mentality that is they want a blue collar locker room. Everybody that I looked at, they took from one to seven. All those guys kind of fit that mantra. So I got a text from a buddy in that personnel department, and it said uh, it was great because we've talked about this before. It said, big bodies in Buffalo. And I was like, that's what they did. They yeah. brought a bunch of big bunch bodies of big in Buffalo. Body. And they want – that's the kind of – that's here's the thing. I was talking to another a team about this the night after the, the draft ended. I said, you know, who had a good draft? And I said, you know what? We get into which team and players we liked. I said, to me, the good teams are the teams, when I look at their draft, it's a DNA match. And I can say, these guys are, you know, this is what they're trying to do. Here's what they accomplished. The teams that I have questions about are the teams that's just a hodgepodge, this, that, or the other. And I'm like, what is the plan here? I don't yes. know what exactly they're trying yes. to build here. And Buffalo, I can say one thing. They have a plan in place. I absolutely believe they have a plan in place, even though I can tell you, look, I wasn't completely in love with the quarterback. I can no. understand what they're doing. And the thing about it, it's not necessarily about liking the player, but it's seeing, okay, how they're going to build around it and how they're going to make it work. I can see what the vision is for the Buffalo Bills. Um, some of the other teams, uh, we haven't got to Josh Rosen yet, but we can talk about yeah, Josh go, go Rosen. Yeah, go through it. Why don't you take us through like 10 to 15 Yeah, like, like Josh Rosen going to the Arizona Cardinals, to me, it's a perfect situation. We've talked about the little compensation that they gave up to move from 15 to 10. Didn't cost them much. Get the franchise quarterback, and then they get a chance to kind of really go. And I felt like, man, they're trying to build this around them right away. They go and get Christian Kurt in the second round. Mason Cole, a center, a pivot. They needed someone on the inside. And then Chase Edmonds, yep. a little running a back, back. catch the ball out the backfield and do some things. Those first four picks are all dedicated to helping Josh Rosen eventually grow and become the quarterback. Then you have David Johnson already in place. You have Larry Fitzgerald. I think it's a nice surrounding. I need to go back and reevaluate the offensive line and see how good they are yeah. because the biggest issue that we have with Josh Rosen is his escapability. Can he survive in a pocket that's muddied? Is their offensive line good enough to keep him clean? Yeah, that's going to be the challenge there. But I, I will say, 
Josh Rosen's a starter week one, correct? He's going to beat out Sam Bradford in training camp. I mean, I don't know. That guy was once the record holder for highest completion percentage yeah, two years I, I ago. I think you turn, give him the keys and just get uh, the thing started. You want to play there. everybody that's young. Like, uh, you want to go right out the gate, like play, 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 play. Get him out there. Get him, let him get I exposed to this stuff and let him I, learn. What about, Especially if you're mentally tough. The one that I've said don't play is Josh Allen. Josh Allen just needs a little time. That's fine. Just give him a little bit of time. Um Miami, Mika Fitzpatrick, what do you think about that? Yeah, I liked it. I knew, you know, Miami had their eyes on a couple guys, and there was a chance they could get completely wiped out. Um, but I thought they had to be pleasantly surprised that Mika Fitzpatrick fell to them there at number 11, made their decision pretty easy. I thought Josh Rosen potentially could be in play there, and obviously the, the Arizona Cardinals did too because they traded up in front of them to eliminate that possibility. But Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, great value there, the, the kind of versatility that you love to have because he can plug a lot of holes. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I thought they did a really good job of picking those guys up. And they talked about trying to change the locker room, saw more winners. You see Minka Fitzpatrick come in, Mike Gusecki goes in, Jerome Baker from Ohio, Ohio State, State, who's a really, really good athlete. The production doesn't match the athleticism. And then in the fourth round, getting Kalen Balaj, another really good athlete, a guy that really looks the part and has some traits. We'll see how it kind of pans out for him. At 12, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting Vita Vea. Yeah. I like that pick. I like pairing him up with Gerald McCoy. They got a lot of dudes on that D-line. You know, I, and, and now they, they went from a position of weakness to really fortifying and adding to their team. They can throw waves of bodies. You saw Vinny Curry come over, some of the other guys that they've added in the offseason. Um, I like kind of – I really like what they're doing in Tampa. Well, that defense was terrible last year, so they had to throw it, some resources it, it at it, was, and they it threw was. a ton of resources. I think you can definitely see the impact of the of what the Eagles did with that defensive line depth. Can't have too many of them, man. Roll those guys through, keep them fresh. I, I do believe. Roll. Like it's funny how copycat the league is. I think everyone saw how deep and talented the Philadelphia Eagles D line. Man, we need eight, nine guys that we can just throw in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter yeah. if we have a surplus at one position. We'll figure out how to kind of cut the reps and make sure everyone is fresh so we can roll and get hot in the postseason. I just think, okay, I can give me sixth and seventh round linebackers. If you just if you just told me I can only pick linebackers in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, off the ball linebackers, we can feel the team. Oh yeah, we'll be okay. If you tell me I can only get fifth, sixth, and seventh round defensive linemen, we're in big trouble. Hard. So use these valuable resources, D line, D line, D line, and roll them through, and you can fill in with linebackers uh, here and there. Yeah, because let's be honest, most teams are only playing with two linebackers because teams are going sub. Yeah. yeah. So you 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 put your resources the way this league is now, rushers, cover corners. Guys. Yep. Then there you, you fill out the rest of the guys. Rushers and, co- and cover guys. Can't right, get, get us through the rest here. We'll you know, the Saints at, Saints at 14, Marcus Davenport, we, we'll talk about that later on. Colton Miller, the Oakland Raiders, you're one of your favorites. One of your no, favorites look, I just – I thought it was too early. I, my guy. Yeah, not, not. Yeah, I forgot to have money recorded. Not my guy. Look, I, Colton Miller's got a lot of ability. <laughs> I've said the whole thing through the whole process, though. Texas A&M was a bad game. The, the junior edge rusher at Oregon gave him fits. Those are the two groups he saw that were good. The rest of the year, they didn't really play many teams with, with much edge rush. So I thought he held up fine there. I think there's definitely some development that needs to take place. Tom Cable is going to be charged with that development. We'll see if he can get it out of Colt Miller. But that one, even though they traded back and got a little bit of something, I thought they could have got more in that trade back with Arizona. Um, Colt Miller, to me, though, still, you know, it's, a, it's a wait and see for me. It is a wait and see. Um, two ones that, I mean, the next three – Maybe four. I absolutely like. Uh, Buffalo Bills, Tremaine Edmonds, I think is solid. The L.A. Chargers taking Derwin James. That was a home run. Home run. How about the Green Bay Packers and Jari Alexander? I thought that was ideal. I think the one that some people were questioning, I don't necessarily have as many questions about it. The Dallas Cowboys going Leighton Vander Esch. What do you think about that? Well, first of all, I think it's hilarious that Dallas is so invested in Boise State. 
They went back and got Sed Wilson, right? Didn't they draft Sed Wilson later Sid, on? Sid, Sid Wilson. So you've got uh, you've got already DeMar- two defense: Demarcus Lawrence, Tyrone Crawford, Tyrone Crawford, and now Leighton Vanders. They have three guys from Boise State that will be starting in their in their front seven. And then you can't, you know, maybe because they have that connection with Kellen Moore being in there. He went from players. Yeah, and they just and got rid of coach. Orlando Skandrick. Yep. So they've had little Boise Boise pipeline there for the Cowboys. No, Vander Esch, if you're cool with the neck, there was some concern with the neck. I think this is a great value for them there. Uh, had to address that position. Sean Lee, when he's on the field, is unbelievable. Uh, but having some more depth there with Jalen Smith and Sean Lee, that's a great-looking group now. You lose Hitchens in, in uh, free agency, who played well last year. I think it's an awesome-looking group. Yeah. Because I think Leighton Vanders, to me, has the ability to eventually move inside and play Mike. And in that Tampa 2 scheme, he is the ideal run-through player. I don't want to say this and kind of put this burden on him. But I do believe Rod Marinelli looked at Leighton Van Der Esch, saw the size, saw the length, saw the athleticism, said, hmm, maybe he's a little Brian Erlacher-ish. Yeah. Maybe he wants to put him in the middle. No, I can definitely understand that. Well, uh, Derwin James, to me, is made to play in this defensive scheme. <laughs> Who we compared? I compared him to Keanu Neal, who's played in this defensive scheme. And I did. Cam, Cam Chancellor has played I mean, in this scheme. I mean, this is a perfect role for man, him. You t- I mean, you talk about the perfect fit for who he is. And I think the one thing in talking to people down there, he was up here in the studio on Saturday. He fits his yeah. personality. You can already see, like, the leadership and the things. He's embraced the town. He's been doing all kinds of things. I think this is a nice fit for them. And arguably, I think we can make – I think we can make the argument that Gus Bradley has basically built the monster. Seattle, yeah. He's recreated the monster, not only in Seattle, but the monster that he created in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. He has brought that out west because now you look at this team, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, think about Denzel Perryman on the inside, the corners that they have on the outside for Red and Casey Hayward and Durbin coming in and Desmond King. They have a really good defense. They have a team – Defensively, they should be one of the top five in the league. One of the top five offenses, too. So uh, they are in great shape there. Jair Alexander, we both really like that one. You mentioned him at 14 to Green Bay. Um, get down to the rest of them here. Frank Ragnow, Billy Price. What do you Price. think about that? What do you mean, so Ragnow, here's the story. I know he Ragnow. was a Johnny come lately. He kind of kind of caught fire. True story. True story. I was done updating my top 50. Oh, I know. It was done. It was in the books. It's finished. So I go out to dinner. actually go out to dinner with, uh, with Mayock on Tuesday night. And his, I think he had just released his top 100 list. So we were talking about his 100 list, and uh, uh, he had Ragnow way up there. So we started talking about Ragnow. I said, you know what, I just, I just wasn't a big fan. I know there's, I know he's going to go. There's a lot of people that love him. I just, ha- I had issues with him. So I'm, I'm, whatever, I'm fine. So go back to the hotel that night. I'm talking with a buddy. I'm talking with a buddy on the, uh, on the team or on a team, and uh, he, we're talking about different things. And he goes, hey, real quick question: How come you don't like Frank Ragnow? And I go, you know what? The second person that's asked me this in the last two hours, I'm not. Let me pull up my notes. So I pull up my notes. So I'm going. Well, let me just read you my notes from the Auburn game. He goes, you know, we had a high ankle sprain in the first quarter of that game. And I go, huh? He goes, no, yeah, he got hurt. He played that whole game hurt. So when I'm looking through the rest of my notes, the rest of my notes are pretty positive. But I crushed him on that game with movement and and athletic ability, stiffness, all this kind of stuff. So I said, all right. He goes, go watch the Alabama game. He plays guard against Alabama. Have you watched that one? I said, no, I didn't watch the Alabama game. So I go back, watch the Alabama game, watch another game, and he kills Deron Payne in this game. And I'm like, oh, here's what people are talking about. Watch another game. He's solid. I'm like, okay, I missed on this one. Better to admit it and correct it before the draft starts. Last minute, like Tuesday before the draft, update the top 50, put him in there, I think, at 40. Um, and then use the opportunity to get Austin Corbett back in my 50 because, you know, I'm an Austin <laughs> Corbett guy. That's how I, him in. I felt good about that. So ended up getting him in. And so to me, after doing all that work, he makes sense there to the Lions. Long okay. story short. That makes sense. I like Billy Price to the Cincinnati Bengals. I was surprised. I wondered if he would get docked a little bit because of the 
the peck. But, uh, man, I loved him prior to the injury. I thought he was one of the best ones, if not the best one, at pivot. Tennessee and Rashawn Evans, I thought that was a match made in heaven. I think he's physical, does a great job with his IQ. Isaiah Wynn to the New England Patriots. I like the pit. What do you think about Remember him? Remember we said this? We talked about this. I don't know if we ever said it. I think we even said it. We talked about On air, I said, I said there's a team that likes him at tackle which was the Patriots. Gosh. The Patriots had worked him out and worked him out as a tackle, and their offensive line coach, Dante Skarnecchia, loved him. So it was not only would he be picked in the first round, but it was what position he would be picked at. And, look, he held up at 6'2 and change. He held up in the SEC. So even though it's unusual, why can't he hold up at the National Football League level? At least give him a chance to fail there. Uh, so that's why the Patriots uh, went in that direction. DJ Moore, Carolina, Hayden Hurst. I had Hayden Hurst at one point in time going to Baltimore at 16, but it, to me it was always – they know nice value, fit. and they nice knew fit. they could trade back, get some assets, uh, and still get their guy. Calvin Ridley uh, reuniting there with Steve Sarkeesian at twenty five or 26 to Atlanta. I like the pick. You know, kind of surprised, but we both talked about the wide receivers, like not necessarily at the upper end of the talent class, yeah. but Calvin Ridley falls to the Atlanta Falcons and ends up being a, bl- a blessing in the skies because when I look at him and how he plays – He's a route runner. So to put him on the backside of Muhammad Sanu and Julio Jones, one-on-one against the third-best corner, um, I think Matt Ryan should love that. You talk about having an explosive playmaker, another weapon. We continue to talk about a quarterback-driven league. you got to make sure that you supply the quarterback with enough weapons to allow them to do their thing. The Atlanta Falcons certainly have added another explosive athlete to the mix. And to me, like those the play action, the boots, the deep overs, all that uh, kind of stuff. All that he, stuff. You can do that all Right at home. home. Uh, your guy, Rashad Penny. I had him in the 40s. He ends up going 27. Now, I like the player. I like I like him a lot. To me, I thought they could have waited a little bit, still got him. But to me, it wasn't even really that. It was just, I don't know, at that point in the draft that's this loaded at running back if I'm Seattle with some other needs that are staring you right in the face if I'm going running back at that point in time. Buck. Man, the buzz on the street for a long time. Some people felt like this guy was the best running back in the entire draft. They felt like he may have been a better player than Saquon Barkley. On the West Coast, I had a lot of people say, look, man, I believe this dude is better than all those other guys that you guys talk about on TV. And so, I mean, I was maybe a little surprised to see him. I knew he was going to go higher than most people thought. We had talked about him a lot on path, being a guy that could surprise. First round to the Seattle Seahawks. I think what Seattle is hoping They've been missing that Marshawn Lynch presence. And not necessarily just beast mode, his physicality and toughness, but they were missing that big back that could not only run it, but could catch it out of the backfield. Rashad Penny can do that. And I like Rashad. I did not think he was a super, super physical back. Like To me, Chubb ran harder than Penny did. Is it more of a tackle breaker? He did, but I didn't think Chubb could could make – an impact in the passing game. And I think yeah, no, I, I get that. Make that. I, I get that, no question. They ended up getting Jamarco Jones a tackle, I think, in the fifth round. Um, so they did some, a lot of picks. something there for the offensive line. I just They brought over Fluker. We'll see how that all that all works out. But, man, the, uh, the defense does not look like it used to look there. Still some holes on that side of the ball. So uh, we'll see how the Seahawks end up holding up there. Uh, we get to the very end of the draft here. Let's roll through these. Terrell Edmonds was a little bit of a surprise to me. I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Taven Bryan, I thought the Jaguars hit it out of the park with proven name brands in this draft. They helped themselves. They got better. Mike Hughes was my 15th player, Buck. Minnesota got him at 30. Loved it. Love the pick, and I like what Minnesota does. Minnesota does a great job. Pass rushers and cover guys. Minnesota does a great job of putting, like, 
just investing in those guys up front and in the back end. Now, what's interesting about them, typically you think that you have to invest in your pass rushes in the first round. They go in reverse. Most of their corners come in the first round. Xavier Rose was a first yeah. rounder. Trey Waynes was a first rounder. Now we have Mike Terrence Hughes. Newman wasn't there. He was a first but rounder he was way a first back round. in the day. So all of their first round picks are pretty much Harrison Smith mm-hmm. has a first round pick. But they somehow found their, find their pass rushers down the line on the second and third day of the draft. But for them – they had to find somebody. They needed to find someone who I thought could replace Mackenzie Alexander and also replace Terrence Newman as their starting nickel. No question. Now, it, it's very interesting there. You want to take us home here on the last couple ones? <laughs> well, here we go. The New England Patriots, Sonny Michelle. Man, I love this pick. Yeah. I love the pick because we've seen them do it as a running back by committee for years and years. And they had nice talent, but I, we, they were getting by with, with C pluses and Bs, yeah. B minuses to get an A-level talent to play that running back position. I said they haven't had a player like this since Kevin Falk, and he is a more explosive version of what Kevin Falk was. But a big physical back that can run, can catch the ball out the backfield, can do a lot of the things that their collection of backs used to do, you get it all in one package in Sonny Michel. I'm excited to see how they use him. And then the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, Ozzie Newsom's last first-round pick. He expands on Lamar Jackson, which to me signals a huge change and the organization's mm. direction in terms of how they're going to play offensive ball, what they're going to do. They've always been a team, you know, you work there. Defense, run game, conservative shots in the passing game, but the quarterback kind of pl- played as kind of like a, a, a side piece, yeah. not necessarily a main entree, but now with Lamar Jackson, in time, he is going to be the main dish for them. So this is interesting. Uh, first of all, I think they're going back to their old formula. They won their first Super Bowl run game defense. The second Super Bowl they won, obviously Joe Flacco got hot in that postseason with Anquan Bolden, and they they threw it a little bit more. I think they're going back in some ways to the way they used to do it, and I think they will be a run-heavy team, a defensive-dominated team, but they're going to start incorporating the the quarterback into some of these runs, and it'll be a little Mm -hmm. bit different run game. But I think you could see this. The Ravens is a team that leads the league in rushing every single year. That's kind of what they're going to, in my opinion. But before we go any further, I want to just give you a little bit of a little bit of a clap here because oh that one because the second <laughs> the second thank you very much a little more professional applause the second the Ravens signed RG three the man sitting to my left on the very day they signed RG three said the breadcrumbs are being dropped and it's all taking us to Lamar Jackson being a Baltimore Raven you, some people picked up on it along the way Bucky but nobody was ahead of you on this one. Uh, I, I, I wish I one more round one more round one round hey. thank you very much okay there we go hey we all like kudos there we go I wish I could say I had inside information but I hadn't talked to anybody inside the building no but I that's just... that's your job that's one of the things that we're supposed to do we're supposed to be able to take information in and with what you know of situations you're supposed to be able to it just makes it's sense. like interpreting a dream it, it also it, well. it also made sense based on some of the stuff that, that you talked about with Joe Flacco and his approach and how they felt about him inside the building and just needing some juice. He's in the last year of a big deal. They're forty and forty since he signed a big deal. Um, if anything, I mean, if, I mean, maybe, maybe it sparks Joe Flacco to perform well. But when you look at the way that we always talk about building your team around the quarterback, you see the coaches in place. You saw that the backup quarterback was in place, so you never have to change the system. When they signed RG three, it just signaled to me like, man, like because RG three is such a drastic departure from Joe Flacco. Yep. This has to be part of a bigger play. And so now you get a guy, and I won't say their playing style is exactly the same, but there's some similarities when RG3 was healthy or whatever. 
maybe RG3 can be a nice backup to Lamar Jackson, and maybe Lamar Jackson can learn from some of RG3's missteps when it came to the failure to develop as a franchise quarterback. All right, let's get to uh, a couple of our favorite picks here. We don't have a ton of time left here. Uh, three favorite picks in the draft, Bucky. I'll let you go one, two, three, and I'll clean up with whatever whatever's Man, we, still out there. We kind of covered it. So Bradley Chubb going to the Denver Broncos. I love it. I love uh, pairing him with Von Miller. Von Miller said uh, a couple weeks before the draft that Bradley Chubb is a mix of Von Miller and Khalil Mack. Man, I got a chance to get a combo player like that. I am all in. We've talked about this early. Derwin James going to the Chargers. So much of drafting will comes down to fit and scheme. Derwin James is the perfect fit in this scheme. Uh, I think his temperament and mentality is right. And my third favorite pick is actually a, a collection of picks. The Green Bay Packers doubling up at cornerback with Yari Alexander and Josh Jackson and then tripling up at wide receiver on day three with Jamon Moore, Marcus Valdez, Scantling, and Equinemius St. Brown. I think that is terrific because – Look, we talk about in the later rounds, there's like a 20 to 30% chance of these guys hitting. To get three of them, you're assured of one of these guys is going to emerge as a guy that it, it can be a starter and a contributor on a major level. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I love what they did there. I'm going to cheat here I'm gonna, because I'm going to do all second-round guys. I think the second round is the value round. I really do. I mm-hmm. think when you look at what you can get player-wise there, um, especially contract-wise, it's it's the best bargain going right now, and you got a good chance to hit on a bunch of these guys. So I'm going to rattle off five second-round picks that I love. Okay. Will Hernandez to the Giants. Talked about it a little bit earlier. <sighs> love it. You're going to let him block ahead of, uh, of Eli Manning and Saquon Barkley. I love that fit there. James Daniels, another offensive lineman I thought was a first-round player going to the Bears. The Bears, this off-season of Trubisky, this off-season of surrounding him. When, when in the off-season? That's all they did. They they'd said, we've got our quarterback. They've, the blueprint is out there in this league right now. The 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 it's kind of like a cheat code in the game is getting a rookie on a rookie quarterback deal and being able to load up with talent around them. We saw Russell Wilson was kind of the first guy that we've saw since they changed the contract situation to really a team followed this blueprint. We've seen the Eagles win the Super Bowl last year mm-hmm. with this blueprint. We've seen the the Rams make all that moves, all those moves around Jared Goff last year. The Bears are doing it now. Uh, in free agency, Allen Robinson, uh, you go get the tight end uh, from Philly. You go get now a draft full of players to help him. James Daniels, I love that pick. Duke Dawson to New England, to me, one of the best Specialist. nickels in this draft. He's yes. played the position. He understands. He's plug and play. I love the fit there. DJ Chark to Jacksonville. I had mentioned that Man, in the you first round. It. You called it. You called it. You put him – you tied him to the Jacksonville Jaguars early in the process. First round. Goes to them in the second round. Nice pick, though. It's just he's the perfect complement to the way they play. You want to run, 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 scare Throw the safeties deep. down, and you want to be able to pay that off. DJ Chark lets you pay that off down the field. So I thought that was a great fit. And then Christian Kirk, to me, of all the guys, I don't know where you are on this, Buck, but teams oh, ask us. We talk to teams, and they say, you guys have a lot of guys come through the studio for Move the Sticks and come in on Path of the Draft. Who who impressed you the most? And I, Christian Kirk is the most impressive guy we spoke to. We spoke to a ton of guys. Um, but he, to me, was like talking to a 10-year pro. So to for the Cardinals, he's not the same player Larry Fitzgerald is, obviously, but for Larry and the leadership he provides for that team, 
I think whenever Larry moves on, Christian Kirk can take some of that leadership role over, at least in that wide receiver room, if not for that offense. Oh, I think so. I think the way he goes about his business, he is a consummate professional. I haven't known him since he was 16, 17. He goes about it the right way. For him to have an opportunity to sit and work behind Larry Fitzgerald, he's going to be the ultimate pro. He's going to get in his hip pocket, and he's just going to follow his plan. And I think that is going to help the Cardinals immensely as they continue to transition this team to Josh Rosen. You now have a couple of guys that can work together. And I think, actually, Larry Fitzgerald may get a little more juice having a young quarterback and a young receiver that kind of look to him for those leadership. All right, how about a couple uh, head scratchers we can call them? Or just, you know, hey, maybe they didn't get all the value they could have got with their with their slot here. Well, the head scratchers we both have talked about, Marcus Davenport going to the New Orleans Saints. Um, it's only a head scratcher in terms of part we of talked the about one. Them. We've talked about him being in that range. But, man, to give up a, a first-round pick, Next year? They went all in, man. man. You're talking about going all, all in, in on the guy. And I love the trace. I love what I saw on tape. Um, giving basically a one next year for this guy. Man, you have to knock that out of the park. But I can't bet against they, him. If they right, get a ring next year, it was the right yeah, move. I can't bet against him because right now they're coming off the heels of an epic draft. So that's good. And then Mike McGlinch, you said, at San Francisco. Yeah. The player doesn't rate as a top ten player. However, when you get a quarterback and a franchise quarterback and you pay the quarterback what you paid him, you better make sure he's protected, he's upright. This is all about Jimmy Garoppolo. It's about making sure Jimmy Garoppolo is comfortable in the pocket and protected so he can be the guy that they're paying him to be. Yeah, I hear you on those. My three, Baker Mayfield, just because I thought you know, I thought they could have got a better player, a better option there in Sam Darnold. I think Baker Mayfield's going to be fine. He'll be a good player there. Uh, but to me, I would have gone in a different direction. Terrell Edmonds, who we talked about a little bit earlier with the Steelers, uh, again, good football player. Gave him kind of a mid to late second round grade just outside my top 50. They took him at 28 overall. I think they have a role that they feel he fits comfortably. Uh, Ronnie Harrison I liked a little bit better as a football player. Didn't test as well as Edmonds, but I would have gone in that direction. Or even Jesse Bates, our, our guy who's more of a free safety there from uh, from Wake Forest. And then Breland Speaks in the second round to the Chiefs. I had Breland Speaks more in that fourth round range, if not fifth round range. They took him there at pick number 46. Uh, midway point there in the second round. So that was a little bit early for him. He can play defensive end, can stand up a little bit. I just thought he had a little bit of stiffness that showed up when you watched him on tape and uh, saw him get knocked around a little bit in the run game. So second round was just a little bit early for me on him. Yeah, it's a little, little early, but, I mean, here's the thing and here's what you always wonder when we make these evaluations and determinations on who drafted well or not. I want to see what the plan looks like, how the plan plays out. Um, what is the long-term uh, development plan for the player. So we will wait and see. I'll kind of reserve judgment, but some of these moves certainly had me scratching my head. Yeah, we can. Uh, you can find these articles, by the way, NFL.com. Uh, you'll see our, our landing spots and head-scratching decisions. We've got some, some stuff in the notebook there. You can go check that out. Um, Bucky, what do you have on there? You've got a tape. You've got to take on a team position for a big turnaround next season thanks to its first-round pick. Don't give it away. you got to go check it out, NFL.com. Oh, yeah. See what Bucky yeah. has to say there. Boys, behind the glass, i got to get some confirmation here because I think is – are we are we going to be down a main a main guy back there? Yeah, yeah. Kent's last day today. Oh, Kentith. Kentith's last day. Well, Kent, what, so do we know yet, are you back in time – to defend your – did you win the college title this year? I did, yeah. I'm the two-year Two-time champion. champion. I don't even remember that. Two-time what, what, what college thing are we talking about? Yeah, yeah I don't know. What yeah, thing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what, yeah. I don't know what, what thing is. are we talking yeah. about? What are we talking about? Know. Bucky, Bucky's good. he's better for a rebound next year. Are you gonna, do we know, <laughs> do we know yet? Do we have confirmation yet you're going to come defend your title? 
I don't know yet. We'll see. But either way, I'll definitely be, I'm sure, texting you guys some college football stuff Ooh, and the okay. rest of it as we go on. At but, the very least, we, and need, we need to get his picks. I was yeah. going to say, worst case, I can send some picks and you guys, or send one of yeah. you my picks, yeah. and then one of you just Here's take the them all year and win. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> you, uh, you, uh, you, do a, you do a great job, and you've done some wonderful things for the show here. But we, we want you for your picks. So if you're not going to be here, we need you to send your picks in. We're going to have to get that done. I can already tell you, week one. Miami over LSU. I'm just oh, it's going in early. I like it. Arlington, Texas. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. No, that's a, that's a good one. How about Notre, well, let's go another one. Give me a Notre Dame, Michigan. I'll lean towards Notre Dame. Shea mm. Patterson's going to throw it over I think the Michigan's going to be better next year. I think Michigan's yeah. got a chance to be pretty good. This is the kind of stuff. Look, we're wrapping up this draft. We're going to have so much fun next year. But in the meantime, we're going to miss you, and we do thank you for all that you've done, man. You bust your butt for this show, and, and we really do appreciate it back there. Thanks, buddy. No doubt. No Absolutely. Doubt, it's always fun. Round of applause. Yes, sir. Nice done. Nicely done. And uh, we've got another show, Sully, coming up uh, later this week. Thursday. Yeah, I won't be here. I'm heading back home. Okay, but, good, uh, good for you. Be here. Hytham's running the show back there. Yep. Thank you, boys, for all the work that you've done. We'll get you one more show this week. Then we're going to take a couple-week break here, uh, two weeks, a little two-week hiatus to uh, do log some pool time here, hopefully, see if the Padres can win a game. Not hopeful on the second part of that. Eh, I don't know about that. Not so good. <laughs> uh, but anyways, thank you guys so much for, for tuning in and listening. Again, if you haven't checked out the 360 podcast and you happen to be a fan of a team – that drafted Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Derwin James, or Saquon Barkley. If you're a fan of one of those seven teams, look up our 360 episode on that player. Trust me, uh, you will get a lot out of it. You'll enjoy it. That's going to do it for us today. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you on Thursday. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.